It's time to put on those oven mitts because it's time to bring the heat with Christian Brown. And welcome to Bringing the Heat Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Rao, and welcome to another episode of 30 Teams in 30 Days as we start this podcast off right. The perfect way to do it is to continue on with this AL Central, and we have the Detroit Tigers today. Joining me are both the hosts for Tigers SRD Podcast. I have Roger Castillo and Chris Brown. Roger, Chris, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. Thank you very much for having us. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Hey, want to get right down to it. This Detroit Tigers team, a lot of, you know, a lot of history, a lot of great history with this team, but they really haven't lived up to a lot of expectations, if any expectations, in the last few years. Let's be straightforward. This team was in the basement last year in 2020. Chris, I want to start with you. What was your thoughts about 2020 as we look back at that weird 60-game season? Well, it was, an, it was an interesting year because it was the first time the Tigers – uh, you know, that, that offseason, they added actual major leaguers, it felt like, you know, the couple years before. That. I mean, they've been bad for going on four or five years now, uh, but they actually tried to bring in some solid major leaguers last year uh, in the form of C.J. Crone, uh, Jonathan Scope, Austin Romine, Cameron Maben, Ivan Nova. Uh, and at like the first couple weeks of the season, they were hitting a lot of home runs and they looked kind of scrappy and they stayed that way until, I don't know, about a month. Five, five weeks into the season, and then everything kind of fell apart. A bunch of people got injured, and they ended up, you know, with the third-worst record in baseball again. But it was fun for a little bit. I'll say that. And, Roger, you know, anything to add to that 2020 season? What really surprised you the most from this team last year? Well, I thought it was the – I thought, first and foremost, I thought Canelario's performance last year was surprising in a sense that – I mean, I, I predicted him to have a good season. I know it was kind of getting laughed at a big but I really thought that he stayed consistent throughout. Willie Castro was also a big surprise. And another surprise that came to me too was I thought the starting rotation would be serviceable. And it just, it was not, it was, you saw that I think the Tigers only had what two or three quality starts period last year, Chris, as I, as I recall. And that just, it was just a lot. Like you expect a little more out of it. And it really was disappointing to see because the bullpen did. And the bullpen was a surprise too. I thought the bullpen, pitch better than we thought was going to happen but overall I, th- I think that seeing two hitters come out and especially once it came out of a trade because Alvila in Detroit gets a lot of crap for his trades and to a certain degree, to a certain extent I agree with that but those two were big surprises and they really kind of put Detroit gave some Detroit some position flexibility for the first time in quite some time and before we start moving on and talking about those new additions, possible trades, and who left for the team moving to 2021, Chris, I'm going to bring it back to you real fast. I know you talked about how this team was you know, third worst in MLB last year. What else was disappointing to you? Maybe a player that stuck out that really just didn't live up to expectations? Well, yeah, Raj mentioned the, the starting pitching. Matthew Boyd had another rough season. You know, He, he was a guy for the first uh, two months of 2019, looked like a potential Cy Young winner. And then it's just been nothing but home runs since then. And so he was disappointing. But he might, I think it was uh, – at one point they bought up, brought up three of their top five prospects in, in Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal and Isak Paredes. And, you know, you, you don't ever want to get too disappointed uh, when the prospects don't perform because, you know, it's tough. It's this huge leap, especially when you're coming from no minor league baseball. But, but Mize and Paredes in particular – kind of were a little underwhelming. I mean, we saw flashes with Mize in his first start, 
but other than that, he looked really kind of pedestrian, and, and he's a guy who's lauded for his command and control, and, and that just hasn't shown up in pro ball yet, at least at the higher levels. And uh, Paredes, he's, he's a good hitter, but he went, I think he was in like a one for 40 slump at one point and, and was showing very little power. And so that was, you know, a little bit disappointing. But again, you, you take it with a grain of salt because they're young guys and they're just adjusting. But th- that was kind of a, a disappointment to me. Well, you said it perfectly right there, Chris. And Roger, perfect segue, in my opinion. Casey Mize, he is a young guy still growing, you know, hurting, having, not having the minor league system last year. Not saying he would have been in the minors, but not having that minor league system at all, only having an alternate training site, does hurt a lot of those young players. But let's talk about that rotation in a whole as we look at moving forward for this season. Mize maybe going to sit as, what, your 2-3 starter with Boyd and, and Scooble, and then we have a couple new additions. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this new rotation for the Tigers. Well, I think that you have to consider that. I think if you're going to put down Scooble or Mize in Toledo, the start of the season, Triple E Toledo, I think you're going to have to because, I mean, Mize pitched, he labored a little bit today, but I think Mize needs a little more seasoning in Toledo. But Terrence Scooble this year decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to add a split finger to my arsenal, and it's already looked pretty good so far. And I, I think the rotation really is kind of, I think, for Scooble. It's going to be, I think, Scooble, Fulmer out of default because Fulmer has been here. Um, but I think Fulmer is due for a bounce back second year back from Tommy John. So I think hopefully you will see some progress with that. Matt Boyd, Spencer Turnbull, and Julio Tehran. And I think they're going to kind of go with a six-man rotation. I think Daniel Norris will get some starts, kind of be maybe like an opener, like a like a three or four inning opener that we've been seeing trending in, in the first uh, few weeks of the season. But I, I just think for, for guys like Casey Mize and then another po- high prospect, Matt Manning, they're going to get some more time in Toledo. And and for Mize, I think getting these starts out of the way, seeing the progress is great. But in my opinion, I think he just should spend some time in Toledo before he gets the call up. But um, even with a guy like Arena, I think Arena's going to end up going to the bullpen to give you a swing man because I, I think the Tigers with Norris, Alexander, and uh, Urena, that's a that's a pretty good long relief situation you got yourself going right there. And we were just talking about at the beginning of the show with Jose Urena. I can't stand him. I can't stand Urena because <laughs> what he did a couple of years ago well, against Acuna, he's a headhunter. Uh, but he's on your squad now, so you got to root for him, right? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, this is not. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be a part of the future, as it were. I think it's it's a guy that they're trying to a little bit of a reclamation project. You know, the, the Tigers have his old pitching coach and uh, Juan Nieves. And uh, so I don't know. They're going to try to get some of that old innings eating, uh, you know, ceiling out of him. But yeah, I think he's a guy who's, who's got a really like low arm slot and throws a hard fastball that does tail into batters a lot. So I think, you know, there's some, I think he led the league and hit, hit batsman a couple of years ago. So I, I don't think he's necessarily a pure headhunter. I think <laughs> it sure didn't seem like he was not trying to hit Acuna in that one game. But I think he also just hits a lot of guys in general because of the way he throws. Well, Roger said that he was possibly slated for the bullpen. He talked about the rotation. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you about this bullpen. Brian Garcia, he's going to be your your closer this year. Your thoughts about this bullpen and where they stand, and is it going to be a successful and a you know a, a, a reliable bullpen this upcoming season? You know, it, it's better and more talented than it's been in a while. Um, I, I don't fully buy, buy into Brian Garcia. 
because you know he was a closer at college at Miami, the all-time saves leader at the University of Miami, and he's got decent stuff. But he's just so far in the pros has not struck anybody out. He doesn't. I mean, he was actually giving up a fair amount of walks too. He wasn't giving up a ton of hard contact, but it's just it's the sort of profile that you feel like can't last at some point. He's going to give up a ton of runs. But uh, in, in in the kind of the thing that's throwing a wrench into everything is that we've got an entirely new coaching staff here. So they're reevaluating everybody. And uh, A.J. Hinch has come out and said, you know, he believes kind of in a closer, but that doesn't necessarily mean a ninth inning guy. Like, he, he believes in bringing your best reliever in when you need to. Um, and they've got, you know, the other guys back there. Jose Cisnero is, is kind of this, uh, he was a little bit of a, a surprise last year, almost a revelation, really, is a guy who, throws in the mid-90s, has got a good slider, and just suddenly in the last couple of years has to figure out how to throw strikes. So he looks like a solid back uh, back of the bullpen option. I don't know if he's going to be the closer per se. but uh, And then you got Gregory Soto, who was one of the big surprises last year. He, he came up as a starter in the system. It was always working like, you know, five, six walks per nine in the minors as a starter. And they eventually they, they just finally put him in the bullpen last year, and suddenly he was throwing strikes all over the place, at least at the beginning of the year. And he's doing it with a... 98, 99 mile an hour sinker from the left side. So he's, I mean, he's, when he's on, he's probably the nastiest pitcher uh, on the team, but uh, you know, he still has those bouts with wildness, but those are the two big arms. And then you got Joe Jimenez, who's been a former closer. Still don't really know what to make of him. He's a guy who can hit 95, 96 and, and show a decent slider, but he's, he's been incredibly home run prone the last few years. But, yeah, I mean, they've got some solid depth, some solid arms. They still have Buck Farmer back there. And, and, and Raj has mentioned some of the long relief options. So it's going to be – I think it'll be a quality bullpen this year. It's not going to be, like, you know, all world or anything like that. But it's going to – they're going to have to eat a lot of innings, and I think they'll do it okay. A quality bullpen and a solid rotation is exactly what this team is going to need if they want to compete at all in this AL Central with teams that made a lot of improvements moving forward this year, as in the the Minnesota Twins – the Chicago White Sox, uh, Cleveland Indians really kind of took more of a step back than anything, but you really can't count them out. So I'd, I'd love to hear about your thoughts about in, as a whole for this pitching squad. Do they have what it takes to continue to be competitive in 2021? Roger, I'll ask you. Well, I think you're going to see some steps forward this year. I think with the pitching staff, I think that the, the pitching this year in terms of outside of the veterans. I mean, you have a, a bright future with Matt Manning. You have, you you have Derek Scoble. You have Gary, Gary uh, Casey Mice. Gary Mice. Casey Mice. And the the thing is that helps. It, it gives you in a sense that the Tigers were looking to. I, I know you you can never have enough pitching. And right now they have Franklin Perez, who's going to probably start the year in Triple A, Double A. You have Alex Fado, who's going to be out for the year, but then you have a guy in Joey Wentz, who they got in that Braves deal, who I'm, I'm excited to see, and he could come up at some point too, because I think it's a it's a pivotal year in a sense for guys like Matt Boyd and Michael Fulmer, and even Spencer Turnbull to a certain extent, because I think the Tigers, if they can if they can pitch very well, I could see the Tigers moving them for more positional, possibly positional talent, or even some. So a positional talent that can play now or something, some prospects. And I, I, I don't know. It's just, to me, those guys pitch better. I think the Tigers overall, it just helps them in terms of the quote-unquote rebuild. I feel like we're in year six or seven, Chris. I don't know. It just seems like we're um, one of those things where we, we Chris and I always talk, joke. there's always this joke on Tiger fans, like, when did the rebuild officially start? And so, <laughs> um, 
But I, I, I get for me, I think that the young pitching is really, really good to see because the Tigers, in, in historically speaking, have not had this kind of pitching in a this kind of talent of pitching since the seventies. I'm talking Jack Morris, Dan, Dan Petrie, Dave Roseman. There's some names that some of your fans will who, but I mean, in ter- but the, the Tigers have not had this kind of positional or excuse me, pitching talent in a group like this in quite some time. Well, you again with another great segue, Chris, I can understand why you love doing a podcast with this guy. And again, that podcast Tigers SRD podcast, you can find them on Twitter at Tigers SRD. But the segue you said was positional talent, and that's exactly where I want to move. And let's start with that infield. Chris, swinging it over to you, you know, who's the pitcher's going to throw to someone that is not Austin Romine next year. He moves on. Um, We talked about earlier, you guys lost a few years ago. McCann as well. Grayson Griner is going to be your catcher. And then who else? You know, they have, is it going to be a platoon style in Detroit? Um, and then, I, you know, I'd like to hear your thoughts about that catching position. Well, they, they signed the veteran Wilson Ramos this year. So that was, they, what they were looking at going in uh, with another year, Grayson Griner, who's got a career, uh, you know, batting average of about 200, I think. Uh, and then, yeah, so, and unfortunately, Grayson Griner took a baseball to the face this afternoon. We don't know how bad it is, but he had to leave the game. But I think uh, you know, Wilson Ramos is going to be their primary starter. And then the backup job is kind of between Griner, who was, I think he was like a fourth or fifth round pick about eight years ago. And Jake Rogers, who was one of the three players they got from Houston in the Justin Verlander trade. That's ideally it would be Rogers because he can't, he's the one with the, the higher ceiling and the better defensive reputation, but that just hasn't shown up in, in reality yet. And then there are a couple other guys. You got Dustin Garneau was kind of a veteran, and Eric Haas, but I, I don't think either of them are actually in the picture. So it's kind of a three-man battle right now. Well, I guess a two-man battle for the backup spot behind Ramos. I can't believe I forgot about Wilson Ramos. I mean, this guy was a all-star in Washington, and I'm from the East Coast. I'm from Virginia Beach area, so I, I watched the Nationals, and I can't believe I for, forgot that he went over there. So <laughs> thank you for helping me out on that one. But yeah, Wilson Ramos is going to be a solid guy to help you in the backfield there, especially especially with the, the young pitchers. Um, but hey, Roger, let me swing it over to you. Let's talk about first and second. Candelario at your first base position. You guys bring back Jonathan Scope. Uh, there's some other players that could be involved in those two positions as well. I'd like to hear your thoughts about one and two. Well, I, I think that Candelario is better suited at third because he's a, one of the best defensive third basemen in the American League. And so I think if I, I, I was pretty much you know um i was i was i was john i was accepting the fact that he could have been in first base until they started talking and and they signed ronaldo nunez from baltimore over as a from a minor league deal who he's he's gonna be reporting the camp this week so we'll see what's gonna happen finally with him uh i thought that candelario would be a good serviceable first baseman i thought he adjusted on the fly pretty quickly last year when uh crone went down and with jonathan scope Again, I also I was kind of I'm not gonna lie I was admittedly surprised the Tigers signed him so late in this offseason. and I was gonna think that either I thought that Isaac Isak Paredes was gonna get an opportunity, but that didn't happen. But I mean, Scope's fine. I think Sir, Scope is serviceable and he'll hold the position there really. But I think he's not gonna he's just gonna be there till the end of the year, or if they can flip him for a trade. But uh, I I like to see what I'm interested to see what Ronaldo Newton is. He doesn't grade out good defensively. I know he's a good hitter, but uh, you're gonna have Miguel Cabrera also get some time at first base. And the big man isn't what he used to be, but I still I mean he's still an effective hitter. 
Well, you just brought up the third base position, and that is probably guy to be. That has to be the most exciting position for you guys in the infield, if not the entire team right now, because what you have in the works coming up, and that is your first round pick, Spencer Torkelson, who has looked pretty nice. Make sure you pick that up and say cheers, by the way. But he he has looked pretty nice uh, so far in spring training. He looks he looks fun. He looks like he has a lot of potential. Uh, obviously you pick up guys like Nunez, Candelario, maybe playing the third base spot. We don't know if Torkelson will be, play for third when he gets up here, but Chris, I got to ask you take away third base and shortstop for me. Talk about those two positions. And then I got to know, does Torkelson make the team this year or they hold on to his service time? <laughs> no, I, I don't think Torkelson's going to make the team this year. I think, uh, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't taken a real, in-game professional at bat yet you know he had no minor league season last year i think yeah, right he'll probably begin in uh, in high a which is west michigan this year and, and move quickly probably to double a and, and who knows maybe at the end of the year they'll call him up but i suspect that they'll wait until next year now he's looked okay in, in spring so far you know he's, he's taking a bunch of walks but he's also striking out a little bit and he just uh he doesn't look uncomfortable or anything like that he's just he's gonna have to make some adjustments to pro ball i actually i may be the low man on Torkelson and uh, what I mean by, I don't mean like I think he's bad or whatever. I just, I think I had him third in the Tigers prospect rankings when we did our, our rankings just uh, behind uh, Tarek Skubal and Riley Green. And I just think there's going to have to be some adjustments. And, and a lot of that is just my bias against who first baseman, which I think is where he, he'll end up. Uh, he, he's, but he's, yeah, he's looked fine uh, defensively agile. We've only seen like one throw from him and it was a little bit iffy. And uh, I don't know, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, so I think third base, as of right now, we're uh, we're expecting Candelario to, to handle third base. We've kind of assumed that Renato Nunez will be the first baseman. But the way they're talking about it, 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 it wouldn't shock me necessarily if Isak Paredes ends up making the team uh, at third base and they move Candelario back to first again this year. Uh, and then shortstop, it, uh, it's, it's an interesting conundrum here because they have – Nico Goodrum, who was a guy they picked up as a minor league free agent three years ago, and he ended up grading out as one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball over the last uh, year and a half when he was playing there, but he didn't hit at all last year. It was really bad. And meanwhile, they brought up uh, a kid named Willie Castro, uh, who was one of their top 10 position prospects or top 10 prospects overall, and he hit the cover off the ball. And we know that it was was a lot of luck. His batting average on balls in play was like 450. Uh, so th- that's going to come down and he's, he's had kind of an issue with yips almost. He, he just has trouble making the throws from shortstop. He's athletic enough to handle shortstop. His hands seem fine. It's just something about the throws mess him up. So I think Castro probably wins the opening day do- job at shortstop and Candelario at third, but, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing's set in concrete right now. It could be Goodrum and it could be, uh, Paredes. It's uh, shortstop and third. We'll, we'll see. Gotta ask always when it comes to the the really young rookies, especially first round picks, if we'll see him early. But yeah, I think you're completely mm. right. The guy's only 21 years old. There's no way that he makes uh, the opening day squad, uh, and, and probably probably won't even see the team unless you said they call him up afterwards as well. I, I love what Willie Castro has done so far, uh, as, as well up in the Tigers. So I'm hoping for another great season. I'm sure you are too, Roger. Let me swing it over to you for the outfield. You guys go and pick up. Robbie Grossman, and you pick him up for a two-year deal. And that is a very significant thing for a Detroit Tiger, getting a two-year deal. I'll let you go ahead and handle that. But what is your thoughts about this outfield uh, moving forward for 2021? 
Well, you know, I thought Robbie Grossman was a good signing. I really, to be honest with you, I thought he was kind of a journeyman outfielder until I got the and Chris and I were breaking down his swing mechanics. We noticed that his swing, his in terms of his movement, was more composed. He was lifting up his leg more, causing more drive, and that's what caused a really good year last year for him. And anybody who's going to work on their swing and work as hard as he did, I got to give props to that. And I can understand why the Tigers gave him to your deal because, that, quite frankly, the Tigers outfield is a, it's a form of weakness right now. You have uh, a, guy, a series of guys who are really 4A outfielders. And, and no no knock to Jacoby Jones or Victor Reyes or Harold Castro. And, I, I, you know, it's just that the Tigers really haven't had, a, a, in terms of a power-hitting outfielder, not since Justin, Justin Upton. And, I mean, Nick Castellano, so, yeah, granted. But he was a defensive liability. But you have with Grossman a, a good, solid defensive player who gets on base, who draws walks, which the Tigers desperately need. And then you have a guy in Nomar Mazzaro who I think, I think COVID last year in the, in the short season last year really affected a lot of players. I know it affected him. He didn't have COVID. He was sick or something along those lines. So, again, 2020 is one of those seasons where you're like, Dude, how much do you count of it of value and how much of it does it mean anything? And Mazzaro can drive the ball. He's had 20. He's one of the few players the Tigers have on the roster who has hit 20 home runs. And this is a team that hasn't had a 20 home run hitter since 2017, 2018. For Christ's sake! So it's um, they, they have that kind of power in the lineup helps, and, and I know Mazzara can walk, although he strikes out a lot and hits a ball in the ground when he doesn't. But still, it's a better it's better now than it was last year. I mean, you have Brandon Dixon out there a couple of years ago. It was it was it was strange to watch, and no offense to Harold Castro either, who everybody talks about how he hits three hundred, but it's the most emptiest. It's like having an empty bag of chips. It's like it's just empty calories. Or you get the bag of chips, sorry, and it's like half air. That's what Harold Castro is sometimes in terms of how he. The 300, okay, that you got one, that that doesn't mean anything if you don't walk or, and anyway, I digress. But my point is, is that I think it's it's a it's better off now than it was last year. But in terms of what they have for depth wise, it still has some ways to go. And and you said we brought that up, Robbie Grossman getting a two year deal. You told me at the beginning of the show, uh, before we got on the show, this is the first time the Tigers signed a two year deal for a contract, or I'm sorry, more than a one year deal for a free agent since when? Since uh, Justin Upton in 20, was that 2016, Chris? Yep. 2016, yep. So in five years, a multi-year agent. That's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, so before I ask you a few more questions about, you know, where this team is going to be next year, I can't not bring up Miggy. I mean, we sit at the DH. Miguel Cabrera has been the heart and soul of this team for how many years now? For a very long time. Uh, Chris, he's going to be your DH, I'm sure, again this season. What are your expectations for Miggy as he goes into, I think, it, what is it, year 18? Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think he started in 2003, so that sounds about right. Yeah, he, he came to the Tigers in 2008 uh, with much fanfare, and that ended up being like a, a surprisingly bad year for the team. But then, you know, he, he kicked it in a drive and was just one of, the, one of the best hitters on the planet for the next six or seven years. Uh, it's been really kind of unfortunate to watch what's happened with him the last few years. And it's, it's, you know, part, uh, part of it's obviously just getting older, but part of it is injuries. And, and a, a big part of his injuries, he's got knee issues that make it hard for him to really put all his power into a swing. Now we saw at the very end of last year, he hit like five home runs in the last two weeks. And a couple of them were absolute bombs, like, you know, 440 plus feet. So you, you still feel like there's some power in there, and he's still an incredibly intelligent, gifted hitter. He hits the ball hard. He, he you know He's a guy you want up with men on base. 
but uh, you know he's old and slow and not terribly. He's going to DH most of the time. I think he's going to play some first base, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would expect a guy who he hits just somewhere between 260 and 280, and, and maybe 20 home runs if uh, he gets to play a lot. And uh, you know, it's kind of the older professional hitter. I mean, who knows? Maybe there's one of those magical 330 home run seasons left. The the proverbial uh, dead cat bounce. But I think, you know, he's just winding down his career now, and, and you hope that he can stay healthy and, and be at least reasonably productive. I think it's so fun to watch someone like him play over and over again. And it's nice, you know, even though we didn't get the universal DH, uh, some people are against it, some are for it. Even though we didn't get it, at least we still have it in the American League, and we get guys like him and Nelson Cruz to be able to hit these, you know, hit bombs where they probably wouldn't be able to do this if, you know, there wasn't the DH role at, at this age and time. So, Roger, let me ask you a question. Looking forward, after breaking down this entire team position by position, what are your expectations for 2021? Uh, I, my expectations for the Tigers is just to really show some sort of progress in their not only in their minor league system, but really, some of the, the regulars. I mean, I, I want to see my expectations that Candelario is still a 300 hitter. I want to, my expectation that it was something we exceeded expectations that Willie Castro is a serviceable infielder and it's not just a flash in the pan because the Tigers have really have not had any luck with some of the trades recently. And to have somebody like Willie Castro come out and be a consistent player, that's that's fantastic. And what I mean by the farm system, too, is just some some player that come step up and just surprise us all. I mean, Paredes, I think, would be a, a fantastic story to happen. And he'd be another example of another of an all-veal trade that worked out well. And in terms of the pitching staff, I mean, I, I would love to see some more progress. My expectation is that the Tigers will at least have somebody that can throw at least 160, 170 innings because that's also been very hard to come by. And a pitch, uh, a, somebody with a FIP of at least 3.5, that'd be nice. I mean, phew, that would exceed my expectations, right, Chris? I mean, can you imagine the Tigers having three starters with 3.5 FIP? Jeez, that would be that would be awesome. Yeah. But, uh, um, but yeah, those are those are my expectations. I, I just want another step forward. And I know AJ Hinge is hated by a lot of people, and I get it. But at the same time, you can always you can tell early on in the spring training, and then. You have to take spring training news without the, the, the PR glare. And if you look at it outside of that, there is a significant difference that has been happening compared to Ron Gardenhire and his and, and like Rick Anderson, the old pitching coach. It just seems like the Tigers are talking more analytical. They're talking more modern, which is music to my ears. Chris, anything to add for your season expectations? Uh, yeah, no, I just I, I expect them to, uh, as silly as it sounds, be a little bit more professional. Uh, it, it, we've touched on a little bit, but the Tigers have had severe issues with strikeouts and not walking the last several years. Just, uh, you know, they set the major league record, I think, uh, two years in a row for the most strikeouts in a season. Uh, and, and also at the bottom of the walks, they just, they have a lot of free swingers and they've added some guys this year, Grossman and Ramos among them. And, and you see it trickling down a little bit to some of the prospects. Uh, you know, we, we didn't really talk about Zach Short, who they got in a trade from, for the Cubs last year, and Akil Badu, who was a Rule 5 pick they made this year. They, they seem to be getting guys now who have a much better uh, plan at the plate, and better approach, taking more pitches, looking for something to drive. And 
that's I expect to see that. It, I don't know. It's it's been a rough couple of years, and I I am somewhat optimistic this year, not for wins and losses, but just to see the progress. I, I expect to see the progress this year. Well, progress is what every team looks forward to, and I'm sure that is especially here in Detroit. And with progress comes more wins, hopefully. And that's what I'm transitioning over to here. That is the MLB win total by DraftKings Nation. The Detroit Tigers are predicted to go 68 and a half wins according to the 2021 MLB win totals from DK Nation. That is the fifth worst in the MLB. That is the third worst in the American League, and that does put them in last place in the AL Central. Roger, I got to ask you, 68 and a half, is that too high or too low? <sighs> I have a buddy of mine, by the way, I have a buddy of mine who's asked me because Detroit or Michigan just recently legalized, legalized, or just legalized uh, online, uh, online gambling for the first time. And I've had two people ask me, actually, my brother asked me too, so, oh, Duke does 68s over under. Oh, you know, I think. <laughs> go ahead, Chris. What were you I, was, I was just gonna say the gamblers are good because that sounds exactly right. Like sixty-eight, <laughs> yeah. sixty-nine just sounds perfect. So, yeah, anyway, I, 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 I was just gonna say no. Sixty-eight sounds. I think it's gonna be right on the money. So I think if, if it will be over, it'll be over by one. But I don't think they will. I mean, nice sixty-nine, nice. But uh, I don't think they're gonna. Nice. I, I think they're not gonna be any more than that. I think that the the line. If you're gonna go over. Maybe one over. I don't know if what the push is. I don't know how that works exactly. Because I'm not big on gambling, or I, I don't understand gambling as of yet. But I probably will sooner or later. But honestly, I go. I go. It, it's. I think it's dead on. Sixty-eight, sixty-nine is perfectly fine. Perfect. Well, if you so how how it works is since it's sixty-eight and a half. If it if they got sixty-eight wins and bet the over, you'd lose. If it was sixty-nine wins, you'd win. So that's why they put it as a half. Uh, okay. Chris, I. Chris, I got to ask you, uh, you, I think I heard it a little bit, but I got to get the answer. Is that too high or too low? I, I, I mean, it feels dumb to say it's too low, but I think they're going to win 70 games. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like I said, it's basically right on. I just think, uh, we, given what, what we've talked about, they have a, a solid bullpen this year that's not going to blow too many games when they get the lead. Their offense is a little bit more patient and professional this year. I think they're going to they're gonna be a pain for a lot of teams, and I think that they will squeak out a couple more wins and, and – I would bet the over, but uh, I don't bet. So take that for what it's worth. There you go. Well, I did, you know, with that being said, with only 70 wins, even if we get those wins with the over here that you guys predicted, that would get you guys not a playoff bid. So with that being said, uh, kind of a pop-up question here. Are these guys buyers or sellers at the deadline? Or are they either? Roger? Uh, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be sellers. I think the Tigers... Here's why I think they're going to be sellers. I think they've, they've discussed that next year they're going to spend money to get more free agents. And I think they're going to sell if Candelier gets off to a good start and he his value is high because he's going to be doing, I think he's arbitration eligible again next year. They're going to sell him and get something back for him. I think anybody that can get something for, they will. And if, if the Tigers, if, if the Tigers somehow through the act of, some you know miracles, some sort are in contention. Then I think they would, I think they would sell or buy. But I, I think that based off what we see right now, currently on the roster, I think they're, I think they're going to sell. I, I just, there's no, to me, there's no way the Tigers are going to buy a piece unless it makes some sort of long-term sense. If they can get somebody back long-term, Trevor Story, like a, you know, like a one in a million chance that that was happening, then yeah, I'd do that. But other than that, no. Chris, I got to know, what is your bold prediction for 2021 for this Detroit Tigers team? Who is a player 
that is not on someone's radar or something that people are not expecting that you think could be a, a real expectation or a reality for the Detroit Tigers? Well, I hadn't really considered players specifically. I, I, I think the Tigers, like a bold prediction for as bold as is, I think they will be playing at or above 500 uh, on June 1st. Okay. I think that they will, be, you know, I think they'll just kind of be a scrappy team and eventually, you know, fall down the stretch. But uh, let's see, for a player, what do I say for a player? Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'd stick with Willie Castro. I think Willie Castro, even though he was really lucky last year on, on balls of play, I think he may be the sort of guy who's just going to make enough hard contact to be a viable, uh, you know, good player in the big leagues. I'm not necessarily like an all-star, but average to above average infielder. And I just, I am holding out the faintest hope that he can figure out how to play shortstop properly. Cause that'd be valuable. Awesome. Roger, what about you? Uh, bold prediction. I, you know what? I think does Derek school, is he qualified for rookie of the year, right, Chris? Uh, he would. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to put him, I'm put on right now that he wins rookie of the year. Ooh, I nice. think, like it. you know, I think that's, that's bold. I think, I, it, just because we haven't seen like a, a lefty with this kind of stuff from the Tigers, you know, it's, it's Justin Thompson in the late nineties. I mean, you know, it's just a guy with that kind of potential and he's just, he came in, did pretty well last year, all things considering the small sample size, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. He, he Derek Scoble wins rookie of the year. Mic drop. Boom. Awesome. I like that. Well, before you finally Mike uh, drop that mic, Roger, I got to know where can the listeners find you and what do you guys got going on? So everybody can find us on t- Twitter at Tigers uh, SRD Pod. Or let me actually double check that because sometimes I don't remember. <laughs> um, so if you want to, yeah. So our podcast it's Tigers SRD at Twitter. And if you're looking for on podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, just look for Tigers SRD. Simple to remember. And for myself on Twitter, I'm at Rajcast Baseball. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and all, all written work. All you can find our stuff at motorcitybengals.com. Perfect. Chris, where we can, where can we find you? Yeah, pretty much the same. I, I write for motor city Bengals. We have a YouTube, uh, channel at tigers minor league report. I don't know if it's tigers minor league report or tigers ML report, but it's, we do some videos if you're into minor league stuff. And then, you know, my Twitter is Chris Brown, zero nine one four. Perfect. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to have you guys back on again this season. We can talk more Tigers. We can talk more expectations and hopefully we can talk about that mic drop Roger had about maybe a rookie of the year in the American League. Other than that, thank you guys so much for joining me. Uh, That was a blast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you. And that'll do it for this episode of Bringing the Heat Podcast. Thank you so much to Roger and Chris from the Tigers SRD Podcast. Be sure to tune in tomorrow as we continue our 30 teams in 30 days. Until then, see you tomorrow. Take care.